If Nick Cage were on Saturday Night Live and trapped in a two-hour-long sketch, it would be trapped in paradise. Hello, citizens. Welcome to Nick Cage Cast. I'm Phoenix West. Today's episode was also, just like the last episode, randomly chosen by an online generator. And it came up with 1994's Trapped in Paradise. Now, I have seen this movie several times, and I remember when it came out, and I, I really enjoyed it. I was 10 years old in 94, so imagine a young Phoenix West sitting there, pre-masturbatory Phoenix West, so he didn't understand what was happening. And it didn't matter in this movie because it's so fucking wholesome. So just imagine a 10-year-old me watching this movie and thinking it's hilarious for some reason. Well, times have changed. That was 22 years ago. I couldn't have thought this was less funny. I didn't laugh once during the entire movie. The only times I did laugh were the, the random scenes when Nick Cage would say things to them, to his brothers. And I was like, that's a weird line read. Why do you do that? Other than that, didn't laugh. I don't think I laughed once, other than a couple moments where Nick Cage said something funny. But we'll get to that. So let's set up this movie. In 1994, Nick Cage did three movies. He was just doing too much. He had this, um, It Could Happen to You, and Guarding Tess. And that's a busy year. Those are three pretty low-budget movies, three small contained movies. So they're not overblown productions or anything. He probably spaced it out a little better than he did in post-years. Because he had three movies in 1993, he had three movies in 1994, and then he only did two in 95, and then after that he did two, one or two every year. So maybe he learned from this year not to do three movies, and all three of those movies that he did in 94 kind of have the same slow pace to them, all three of them. Um, this is probably the worst of the three, uh, of the Between Trapped in Paradise Guarding Tess and uh, It Can Happen to You. This is probably the worst of the three. And it's not really his fault. It's not. So basically this movie is simple. I don't even have to go that into detail with it. Nick Cage stars as Bill Furpo. That's a name apparently. That's what he looks like in this movie. He looks classic Nick Cage. If in the 90s he has that, that sweet hair. It does open with a scene of Nick Cage finding a wallet and then turning it in, doing the right thing. But it really, he really struggles with it. So he's kind of got this back and forth thing going on. And then you realize when you meet his brothers, John Lovitz and Dana Carvey, that it's kind of just a family thing. Like It's almost saying like he's an alcoholic, like it's genetic for him to be a piece of shit criminal. It's, it's a very strange message in this movie because their mom kind of endorses it. The whole plot is that their brothers get released early due to prison overcrowding, so they get released, and they can't leave the state, but they convince Nick Cage through a series of stupid fucking scenes that took entirely too long, that the cops are after them in New York, so they have to go to Pennsylvania. This is all based on this random letter that this guy wrote John Lovitz in prison about his daughter and how she's staying in Paradise, Pennsylvania, and how she's she needs help or something, and he just wants her to be taken care of on Christmas. I, I, I couldn't follow it. I, I tried. I didn't really care. I, I found myself losing interest the entire way through this movie. This movie's one big, long, flat note of just... Eh, it's, it's like a picture of someone flatlining when they're dying. It's not bad. It's just like, eh, this is way too long. Way too long of a movie. 
Let me just say that. It's two hours. It needed to be about 91 minutes. I would cut a solid half an hour from this movie. Punch it up a little bit. So there's a whole series of events where John Levitz and Dana Carvey have to convince and slash lie to their brother, Nick Cage. Can you believe those three are brothers? Because I can't. They try to lie to him so he will go to Paradise, Pennsylvania with them. He doesn't want to be part of their bullshit, their stealing, or whatever they do. Dana Carvey's a klepto. I don't know what John Lemus does. He seems to be kind of a serial liar. Um, I don't know if that's a crime, really. Um, I assume he's just also a burgle. He burgles. He burgles things. He's a burglar. He's a... I don't know if he's a wet bandit, like in Home Alone. But he could be. He looks like he belongs there. This movie kind of reminds me of a lot of movies that came out uh, in the early to mid-90s, like The Ref and House Arrest, where it was just these weird kind of trying to be quirky comedies about abduction or just like really sympathizing with the person who's keeping you captive. Very strange. I don't know why this is a subgenre. It's very odd to me. Um, long story short, they get to they get to Paradise, Pennsylvania. They start casing this bank after Nick Cage kind of realizes that they're, they're lying to him a little bit. He's in on the lie and he knows about it, but he doesn't really want to acknowledge it. Um, they find out that the Sarah girl who's in the note from the guy from prison works at the bank through a series of events. Who cares? They go in the bank and then Nick Cage is kind of looking around, sees a sleeping guard, sees that the security camera's not even plugged in, sees that the, the vault is wide the fuck open. This is, he might as well, they might as well just set the money in the, the middle of the room and just have the honor system. This town is literally paradise. So Nick Cage decides, yeah, I would rob this if I had guns. I totally would have. I'll admit it. And they go, well, you know what? We got guns in this trunk. Uh, a lot of guns. There's a fucking grenade, I think, if I remember correctly, in that trunk. Very weird. They steal another car off camera, drive it, rob the bank. It takes a while. They go across the street to get the bank manager. They have to bring the whole fucking town into this goddamn bank so they can keep an eye on everybody. Uh, meanwhile, the sheriffs are nowhere to be found. And they take the money, they leave, and then the rest of the movie is just things going kind of awry. And therefore, they're trapped in paradise. The town of Paradise, Pennsylvania. This is a problem for them. They're trying to get back to New York at all, at all costs. But this, there's, there's a storm going on, there's a blizzard, uh, there's a part where they get in a boat and then they flip it. Um... There's lots of shit like that. The rest of the movie is just them being trapped there and then growing to love these town folk, these simple Pennsylvania folk. And then the people, they grow a conscience, all of them, except John Lovitz. He's always a piece of shit. And then the town starts to, you know, welcome them in. And Nick Cage falls in love with the Sarah girl. And who gives a shit, really? There's a couple things that stuck out in this movie. Um, really small things. First, um, in the bank, Nick Cage just pulls out a cigarette, lights it up, and he's just like, yep. And then the bank guy's like, they have the worst delivery guys, the worst Brinks guys in history. Because they're like, we got your $275,000 right here. <laughs> Everybody hear that? <coughs> Forget it. Forget what? I got eyes. I know you. Forget it. One, I ain't doing it, no matter how good it looks. But two... There's no money in the vault. Hey, I'm 
what have we here? $275,000. Would you mind signing here, Mr. Anderson? I know it's a small town, but why would you do that anyway? I don't care. Like, you would not say that out loud. No, first of all, people just don't talk that way. They don't say that stuff. They go, here's your order. Here's your money. Not, they don't get that specific with it. There's paperwork that you have to sign that says exactly how much is there. This town isn't that good that it's all in the honor system. That's just bad for your taxes if you're this business that delivers the money. Terrible idea. Let me, I don't want to go down that road. And taxes, okay? We don't want to cross that stream. That was a reference to this movie, by the way. Fucking terrible, terrible river scene in this movie. <sighs> Anyway, another thing that stuck out to me was there was a lot of retard jokes. It felt like an Adam Sandler movie where they're just making jokes at everybody's, the, the less fortunate's expense. There's, I can't even keep track of how many retarded characters there were. And I say that quite literally retarded. Is that once released from this prison, I, much like my reptilian brother, shall take wing and fly high above my problems. What happened? I fell, Dad. Were you hurt? I'm all right, Dad. Merlin's fine. Merlin's fine. I'm real sorry, you know. I just that uh, he rode right out in front of us. I, I didn't know what to do. So you retarded? Come here a second. Look, my boy's a little slow. You understand? I'm sure it wasn't your fault. Which way do you think the mouse is headed? Start with the cheese and work backwards. Would you quit hovering around me like bad news? What do you want me to do? Bag this stuff. All of it? No, just what you haven't become emotionally attached to. Oh, Christ, I'm a crooked crutch. Get out of the Spill on out three. Spilling aisle three. The hell are you talking Spilling about? aisle three. Spilling aisle three. Spilling aisle three. Spill. Spilling aisle three. And then everyone was hustling sandals Sit down. everywhere. Sit down. I didn't Sit down. Right? There's a lot of those. It just keeps going and going. And you think they're done and they keep doing it. It's mostly in the first half, but it was a shocking amount of them. And I don't mean them as in retards. I mean jokes about retarded people. Um, very insensitive with this movie. This is also the second Nick Cage movie out of the three I've done so far in this show that are about a heist. The Trust was about a heist. This is about a heist. And in both movies, the money gets returned to the bank or to the vault or wherever it came from. It gets returned. Weird, right? What are the odds that he's in two movies about the exact same thing? Just very different time periods for him. The quality varies a lot, too. A couple other scenes that stick out was when Dana Carvey gets rescued from the water. They, for some reason, drag him all the way into a house next to a fire to save his life. And I swear, when they were when he was doing the chest compressions on him, this bitch was laughing. She looks like she's laughing. Does she not? What a soulless human being. And then she's a drunk, too. How about a little soup and brandy? Mix the two together? No, the brandy's for me. Oh. <laughs> I think we lucked out with those kids. 
There's another scene where Nick Cage lights up a cigarette and in the bank, and I'm like, that looks so odd nowadays. It's just so weird to see that. I mean, I grew up with that sort of stuff, but when you, you haven't, I haven't seen that in 20-some years, so when you see that, it's like, oh, that hits you hard. Then you realize, wow, smokers really have to go outside all the time now. And you need to just be able to light up wherever you were, but back in the day, you can just smoke whatever. Can you imagine, like, being at work in a Let's say you work at a grocery store and just like, like aisle four, it's down here on the left, ma'am. Yeah, you're going to want to go down here. It's right before the little break there in the, in the aisle, right before the Campbell soup. Yep. Can you, I just can't fucking imagine that. I don't, it's a weird world. The 90s. And their cars are all huge too. That's always fun. I love seeing 90s movies. Cars, all the cars weren't this big back then. I think they just had a lot of big cars that they wanted to wreck. Because there's a couple wrecks for no fucking reason in this movie. Uh, look at this. Look how intense this wreck gets here for no fucking reason. In the middle of this, barely a comedy movie. Where's he going? There's another huge subplot where the mafia guy who wrote the note to John Lovitz about his daughter, Sarah, um, he finds out that they stole his idea to rob this bank in paradise where his daughter's staying. And he gets mad and he breaks out of prison and he gets out and he... He, he he escapes prison within a scene that's not shown, really. And then he kidnaps the, the brother's mom. And then she's basically the original Jennifer Tilly. Well, I never really thought I had a, a voice because what I hear coming out of my ears is like a very, um, you know, sophisticated, low-voiced low person. You guys are dumber than a box of hair. Oh, cut it out. You can't... Good night, Edna. They kidnap her, they bring her to paradise. Um, while this is all going on, the brothers brought the money back to a church. They tried to put it back in the bank vault, but the security alarm went off and there's another cage in the way. Um, this bank's very secure about their money once it's missing, but not so much beforehand. The, there's a whole thing about Nick Cage having the manager's keys in his pocket, and I thought that was going to come into play in the second half. Because he, he's like, oh, I got the keys, huh? And all that came up was he got back into the vault, but then he couldn't get into the second door. That was it. I thought the manager guy was going to find him, and therefore it was going to be a confrontation and be like, oh, now I can't lie, or I got to lie to get my way out of this to extend this. Like, oh, I found those outside. Something. Never came back into play, really. Didn't matter. Why bother setting it up? There's a part where they steal a horse from, again, the retarded kid. Um, they, the horse is named Merlin, they, they escape on it, they flee from the police, the FBI, and they're like, we gotta get out of paradise on this fucking horse, and then they somehow do, the cops all crash their cars because, because movie, and they escape on a horse, they get off the horse, um, go to a guy's car, try to hitchhike, and then they turn around, and I'm like, that horse is gonna freeze to death, you gotta, you gotta do something, <laughs> they even mention it, and they go, ah, fuck it, this movie's a series of them going, I shouldn't do this bad thing, but ah, eh, fuck it, right? That's what this movie should be called. Ah, eh, fuck it, right? 
the horse starts to fall into a lake you can't really see. I think it was water. Very strange scene. They go back. The horse looks like it's really for real, legitimately dying. It doesn't look like they did any trick photography, uh, no stunts. It looked like they just tried to drown a horse and were like, hopefully our actors are fast enough to save this horse. If not, we got a real heavy problem on our hands, or we just let it go to the bottom of the little lake, and then it's taking care of itself, mafia style. That's right. I want to go back to that point I just mentioned where they just want to get out of paradise, and the FBI is chasing them. The FBI doesn't give a fuck about city boundaries. It doesn't give a fuck. It's the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation. Federal. Doesn't give a shit. It doesn't give a shit about your shitty town. Why would they why would they stop chasing them? They're like they made it sound like if they get out, it's like sundown. It's like trying to escape vampires and the sun comes up. Right when that sun's up, you're safe. No, no, they're just gonna keep following you. You got lucky that they crashed. If they didn't crash, you would have just what, kept go kept going on a frozen horse? That horse would have died eventually. it just seems so convenient, obviously, and pointless. It they had no chance of escaping if it wasn't for their shitty driving and bad road conditions. Back up, we're gonna lose it. So after the, after all said and done, there's a whole bunch of different characters going after each other. There's the Sheriffs who are trying to get the money back, who were who sheriffs who also run a shop that sold these three brothers ski masks, and, and then there are also sheriffs like volunteers, I guess. And then so they're looking for the money because they know these brothers did it. Uh, meanwhile, the brothers have already turned the money in, the mobsters are after them, they got the mom kidnapped, they all meet at the bank owner's house. Big series of events, the retarded kid saves them, they get arrested, all of them get arrested. And while they're getting arrested, I want to point this out. Is this not the Back to the Future music right here? Because it sounds just fucking like it, right? It can't be a coincidence. Line it right up behind me. Come on, keep moving, keep moving. Is Paradise, Pennsylvania, Twin Pines? After they're arrested, Sarah goes to the church and finds the note that they wrote, and it says, like, please return this money to the citizens of paradise. Signed, the three wise men. And I was like, the three wise men wrote a long way, gave Jesus gifts, and gave him gifts, is guess is what I'm trying to get to. These guys stole money from everybody and then gave him that exact amount of money back. So they're even. Minus the huge inconvenience of having the FBI, all their cars destroyed, saving them out of a lake. The bank owner gave them fucking clothes, put them up for the day, fed them. They're a huge inconvenience to this town. They are in no way the three wise men. If, they, if he means to say that they are wise now to their lives, 
They should say the three no longer ignorant men about their lives, about mistakes, bank robbery, burgling. I love saying that word, burgle. It's a good word. During this scene when they're at the bank owner's house, John Lovett's a bunch of lies come out. Uh, the mom didn't really know about it because John Lovett's lied about the note written from the guy. Uh, he never wrote that note. John Lovett's wrote it. So at that point I was like, so is this Sarah, that guy's daughter still? Is she, who who is she? I don't I don't get it. She must be his daughter still, right? Because he still comes after her, but they don't really have a moment where they're like father daughter thing. They don't look at each other. He has her held hostage on the fucking couch with the rest of them. Who is what? Why? Shut up and get inside. Well, well, well. Doesn't that figure? Get on my face, you psycho. Shut up and get inside. What? I'm being held hostage on the night baby Jesus was born. What the hell does it look like? Have a scene where they connect. In a two-hour fucking movie where you're spending so much time on bullshit, go ahead and show them connect. Because then later when he gets arrested again for escaping prison, not bank robbery somehow, they just, he, Nick Cage goes, so do you talk to your dad? And she goes, not really. It's like, oh. Okay. Who fucking cares? Who fucking cares? I guess I just wanted to say goodbye. Class. Did things work out between you and your dad? Well, I guess I got nothing to hide now, so... I don't know. Maybe there's hope for him. Good. It's my boss. I guess I better get going, right? This movie should be called Who Fucking Cares? That would be my review of this movie. Who Fucking Cares? Not shitty, but who fucking cares? So I expected Nick Cage to steal the show in this one, but I was wrong. It wasn't Nick Cage that makes this movie watchable in the second half. It's Richard Jenkins. You might know him from Step Brothers or a ton of movies. He's in a ton of movies. Cabin in the Woods is one of my favorites. He steals this show. I don't think they gave him a script. They just went, react to what you're hearing and however you would react. So it's a lot of him like stomping around and like, oh, go, not nah, nah, and he stammers a lot and he yells at people. What's going on in this town? Huh? What? 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 And this is why I think the movie would have been better serviced if it were rated R. At this length, it needed to be rated R because it had no edge to it. That's why it's just a big, like, flat note the whole way through. There's no peaks. This movie reminds me. This is going to sound really strange. Of Jingle All the Way. Minus all of those big set piece scenes. Minus the Sinbad. Minus the toy thing. Minus the jetpack. Minus all that shit. It's just Jingle All the Way without the fun. Jingle All the Way is a stupid movie. I get that. I'm not saying it's a great movie. I'm just saying it's more fun. This movie has nothing going for it. There's scenes where it's... They could have went for a joke. But instead they went for Dana Carvey almost dying next to a fire while an old lady laughed. Very strange. I don't know why they made those choices. They either make it rated R or make it have really comedic scenes because you have two SNL veterans. Why aren't you making it funny? They aren't having any fun. The characters are boring. John Lovitz is just John Lovitz. Nothing against him. I like John Lovitz. But he really had nothing to do other than lie. Nick Cage has fun in the beginning, in the first half of the movie. The second half of the movie, he's just like about this Sarah girl, and he's about being doing the right thing. And I, that's fine for the story. I get that. Dana Carvey is doing his Mickey Rourke from Rumblefish, which Nick Cage is also in. 
So I appreciate that. I really do. I like I like Mickey Rourke and Rumblefish. I just can't fucking hear him. He whispers in that entire movie. California is uh, a... <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. It's even, even better than here. California's nice, huh? Nice place. California, California's like uh California's like a beautiful wild, beautiful wild girl on heroin. Who's high as a kite, thinking she's on top of the world, not knowing she's dying even if you show her the marks. Where you can't fucking hear him, I don't understand him, but it's amazing to watch somehow. So Dana Carvey kind of has like a dumbed down version of that. I, I like it. It's fine. That's all fine. But they had no jokes in this movie. In a movie that builds itself as a comedy, it actually works better as a drama. It's weird. And it's not serviceable as a drama in any stretch of the imagination. It, this movie doesn't work on so many levels, but it's not bad. This isn't a bad movie. It's just... Okay. It's just okay. It's, it's, it's not offensive, but that's actually worse. I would rather it be just bad. A movie is worse when it's boring than when it's bad. Because if it's bad, I get enjoyment out of that in some way. Like Demolition Man is kind of a stupid movie, but it's like it's bad in a good way. This is just boring. I'll never, probably never watch it again. I just found nothing to enjoy in it. So let's talk about Nick Cage, guys. Nick Cage has a couple great scenes. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to showcase them right now. you got to read this, man. It'll make you cry. You two are on parole. You cannot leave the state. You're in my custody. You cannot go. So just quiet down, my little one, and call me Dad. Hey, Dad. Can we stop and uh, get some ring dings of milk? Ring dings of milk? Ring dings of milk. Oh, yeah. And then we can get some balloons. We can go to the puppet show. Uh, what are you, two years old? Get up against the wall. Get up against the wall. <laughs> Goddammit! I'll shoot! Sergeant Dickman, off-duty Queens. What is your name, rookie? Bertie. I got the mayor of my ass on account of punks like you. So stop jacking off, get the car, and pick up this scum. Okay. Move! What I'd like to do <clears throat> is go back home. You know, Bill. Is this uh is this one of your elaborate schemes? I know how your mind works. You know exactly what you're doing. And the whole time, you stand there with this who me expression on your face! You're doing it right now. All right, get in the car. Just get in the car. Passing through. Just passing through. Just passing through. It's a goddamn robbery! Get up! 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 Get
Oh, Who's got a key? Raise your hand. You got a... No? You... All right, raise your hand. Key! All right, you fashion queen. Who's got the key? My husband is the only one with a key. Key! My husband is the only one with a key, and I'm afraid he's out to lunch right now. Well, once you get back! I want to move, goddammit! It's a robbery! It's a robbery! It's a robbery! It's a robbery! I'm robbing the bank! But the bank was robbed this afternoon by three men. And on Christmas Eve? What's this world coming to? <laughs> Right, quit pressuring me, please! Yeah, I'm all right. Except... Oh. Sorry, put the table on there, Tab. No! Whoa! It just never ends with you. Liar, liar, pants on fire, nose is as... No, there's a telephone wire. Liar, liar. Starts in front ends in tears. Liar. Nick Cage has a weird accent in this movie. I think he's going from New York, but it kind of comes out as Boston. There's a line where he goes, Sarah upstairs. Sarah upstairs. <laughs> Sarah upstairs. I don't, I don't know what he's doing with that. He's trying too hard to have an accent. When you're from New York, you don't have to be like deep Bronx. You don't have to be super Long Island. You don't have to be... There's no thing I can say about Stanton Island. I don't know what the fuck their accent is. You don't have to have the super New York accent like you're going to go to a fucking Giants game. You don't have to have that. You can just be from New York. Let's say you moved from Ohio when you were 14. Who gives a shit? Don't do the accent unless you can do the fucking accent, Nick. I'm sorry. I love you, buddy. But don't do the accent if you can't do it. There's some great reaction scenes with Nick and John Levitz when he found out he was lying. And he's like, liar, liar, pants on fire, nose as long as telephone wire. And he's just being Nick Cage. And it's great. It's, it's fun, but it's so short. He has, some, he has a lot of good staring at people. Because like, it's, it's mostly just him reacting to his stupid brothers in the first half. So you get a lot of great reaction shots from Nick in the first half. You get a lot of him borderline screaming at his brothers, kind of just getting fed up and annoyed. And that's fun to watch and hear because he wants to let loose, but he's like, gonna, gonna hold myself back because it is PG-13. I have to hold back. From what I hear from John Lovitz on this movie, the director just walked away, didn't give a shit, and went, do whatever you want, that's fine. And Nick Cage apparently directed a bunch of these scenes which might explain the second half. Why Nick Cage is kind of absent from some of the scenes. So a lot of, for being the main character of a movie, he's not in a lot of the second half. Like as far as close-ups and stuff, it's a lot of wide shots from him. It's a lot of side characters. It's a lot of B-roll in a weird way. The first half is almost all Nick Cage and his brothers, and that's it. In the second half, they start opening up to the city of paradise. You lose a lot of Nick Cage along the way there. Most of his scenes in the second half are just, I've learned the error of my ways, okay? I've learned. As a summary of Nick Cage in this movie, I like him in it. I just don't think he had much to work with in this movie. I feel, like I said, this movie's a flat line, and Nick Cage is anything but a flat line. He is 
putting Nick Cage in a movie that is this flatline is like giving cocaine to a snail. It's like, what's that going to do to it? It's not going to go any faster. It's just going to look out of place. It's just going to be like, it's not going to do anything to it. It's not going to affect it. It's not going to enhance the snail at all. It's just going to go just as slow. It's just going to look weird. That's it. There's no point in it. It's just a Nick Cage wasted. They needed to let him and the SNL guys loose. And for a movie where the director said, do whatever you want, how did it turn out this boring? It just, it just, eh. It's just all mailed-in performances. Apparently everyone in this movie hated being there. This movie would have really worked if they let Nick Cage, Dana Carvey, and John Lovitz do whatever the fuck they wanted. Just go, alright, you want to swear? Do whatever you want. Make up your own dialogue. Make it funny. Do whatever you want. You guys are funny. All three of these guys are funny. They are. Even if you don't think Nick Cage is funny, he is. He is a funny dude. Alright, quit pressuring me, please! So why is it so boring? Why is this movie so fucking boring? I don't get it. It shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. As boring as it was, I would still place it above Ghost Rider 2, but below The Trust. It'd be right there, sandwiched in between those two. It just, it was a better movie than Ghost Rider 2. I wouldn't say it was more entertaining. Ghost Rider 2, I just don't care for. That's pretty much all. It's personal preference. I don't really care for those kind of movies. That's it. That's really all it is. It's my review show. Go fuck yourself. So that's the end of this review. I, I want to head out. But first I want to remind you guys to go to liwstudios.com. Check out, check out the shows. Check out this show, Nick Cage Cast, all the rest of the episodes. Um, Shitty Movie Showdown's coming out. Americans going, going strong. And the other podcasts we got on there. We got Walking Dead Review, Twilight Zone Review, American Horror Story Review. I got an improv show. There's a bunch of shit on there. Go check it out. liwstudios.com. Go check it out, guys. If you have any questions or concerns or info for me, Send that to loiteringwonderland at gmail.com. Loiteringwonderland at gmail.com. From the first episode, I got an email from the director's dad. Sent me a long email explaining about Nick Cage in that movie. Really helpful information. It explained a lot. I I, I appreciate the movie even more now. So that was great to hear from you. I appreciate that if you're listening out there. So until next time, guys, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens. So long, Nick Cage. I wish I could see him respond to me. I love your show. So long, Phoenix.